Welcome to the third episode of Smells Like Teen Parent, a podcast for adolescents and the adults who annoy them. In the last episode, we talked about what's really going on when we apply to college. And in this episode, we're going to focus on what makes a successful adolescent after all. My featured guest is a former student of mine who's currently attending Stanford. Nadia Hamat also runs a clothing company with her twin sister, Natalie, called NNN Fabrics, which builds social justice right into their design. This episode is brought to you by nextphase.ai. Their package services encompasses the full life cycle of your data analytics journey in cloud-based strategy, modernization, and cloud data migration. Nextphase.ai will ensure you enable your best business outcomes. As we head into this next episode, I just want to thank all of you listeners and invite you to be part of this ongoing dialogue about what it takes to raise teens in the modern world. Please download, write a review, pass along to others who might benefit from these discussions. Every download matters. Smells Like Teen Parent now has over 200 downloads in the last episode, so I guess that means it's more than my mom and her friends. This is a labor of love, and your support moves me closer to bringing more regular production where I can cover more material that's relevant to you. And if you have ideas or you want me to cover something specific, or if you just have feedback, feel free to email me at smellsliketeenparent at gmail.com. Shakespeare's clown Malvolio from Twelfth Night quipped, Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Is success something like that? Is it something you're born with or something that can be nurtured through a great school program, a caring mentor, or a stroke of luck? So what helps you become successful? Time management is number one. Having extracurriculars and activities to help keep me sane. Um, I think like motivation from my parents and from my teachers and like support from them. Very like well-rounded in kind of all areas. Probably getting homework done ahead of time so I don't have to like rush at the last minute. I think asking teachers questions when you're unsure is really important. Today's daily inspiration is, do you feel that scream bubbling up inside you? Take a break, go, sit in your car, lock the doors, and just let that rage flow out. Oh, and don't forget to roll up the windows. Whether you were a parent, adult caregiver, or a teen yourself, you are often being asked to evaluate the question, am I successful? Bosses, teachers, parents, friends, college admissions want to see evidence of success. Schools are consumed with showing through standardized assessments that their students are becoming more academically successful. When we put our measurement for success on a standardized environment, which is known to be biased towards dominant culture, it means that there's a whole bunch of stuff being left out Well, guess what? With COVID and the cancellation of ACT and SAT tests, students are finding new freedom to reveal what truly makes them successful. I found out nearly like who I was, like I opened up and it led me to like see different things. Like I said, like playing the piano, finding out other sides of myself that I found out that I liked. Like how we talked about cooking earlier, playing piano with my little sister, like stuff like that, like well-rounded person I am. I did a lot of research for this episode, scouring the shelves at one of my favorite places in the world, Powell's Books in Portland, Oregon. If you haven't been to the four floors of magic that is Powell's, put it on your bucket list. These shelves contain dozens of books that hint at what success is in both the adolescent and other worlds. In 
in the adolescent section or young adult section, the titles included these popular words. Loving learning, discipline, engaged, culturally aware, connected, global IQ, focused, imagination, open-minded, and play. When I wandered over to the adult self-help section, I did a search for books about success, and here's the most popular words I saw repeated in the adult titles. Control, calm, good vibes, letting go, unfuck, happy, change, humble, think, rich, brain, consistency, smart, and integrity. So what stood out to me was that of these dozens and dozens of titles, there was hardly a repeated word that we used to talk about what makes a successful child and teenager versus the books about success for adults. In fact, one of the only repeated words I saw across these two age groups was happy. What does it mean that we have such different language around what qualifies as success for adults versus for non-adults? One thing my research revealed is how much childhood experiences, good and bad, affect the likelihood of success as adults. Our parents set the bar for us, and so like, it, when we would disobey them and they were angry at us, we would just be like, oh crap, like I messed up and like I can't ever kind of like go back and fix it. So we just, let's move forward and try and mm -hmm. just ignore it. <laughs> In the book How Children Succeed by Paul Tuff, he notes psychological versus IQ or cognitive traits play a significant role in determining benchmarks of success. For instance, high school graduation. What it takes to graduate from high school include traits like an inclination to persist at a boring and often unrewarding task, the ability to delay gratification, and the tendency to follow through on a plan. Boring, right? But there you go. Well, I caught English teacher Cindy Schusterman on her way to school, and and I asked her, what does she find in her seven years of teaching as essential ingredients to success? Staying hydrated with water, eating, sleeping, and using the bathroom when you need to. Shout out to my boy Maslow, who created some hierarchy of needs, and those are the most basic. So I feel like students can't get an A on an essay if they haven't eaten dinner or if they are working on four hours of sleep, like that kind of thing. Studies have also shown that students who succeed in high school and college are not necessarily the most academically gifted, but possess other skills like resilience, social ability, optimism, which enables them to bounce back from things like bad grades or breakups. But like it took like those years of like drama and hard hard years of like younger like being younger and like I, I couldn't even focus on myself to like find out like what I really liked and who I really am. I'm so much more than what I thought I was. That's why it's important that students learn curriculum that not only instructs them in subjects like math and science, but also includes social emotional lessons, helping students learn how to thrive socially and build character. Nadia, what helped you build character? There's a lot of humbling going on when you're playing sports because you have to realize that like you're not the best at it. Like, <laughs> like there's always going to be someone better. And so I learned a lot like through my teammate, through my family, like through that whole experience like my mom would like she wouldn't see us till like 8 30 at night and she'd be like what have you guys been doing all day i'll like go through it with her like okay i had practice like at one point i had like track and field practice and we'd had like a track and field meet then i'd go to basketball practice from like 7 to 8 30 then i come home eat dinner do homework till like midnight and this was like in middle school like it's not like <laughs> this is high school or anything but yeah i definitely say that understanding the world and 
like your problems just become so much smaller when you when you see the rest of the world yeah and like it gives you so much more energy to keep going because i was able to see like like these little kids would show us like they're like shack like their houses but they're basically just a shack made of um, like cardboard and like storage containers and like like little pieces of plywood and they would be like so proud showing us mm. like all their little houses and it just like really just puts you know the problem mm-hmm. into this like little box but does this actually matter and i don't know definitely helped me in the academic realm as well like i didn't stress out as often about like assignments in class and grades and gpa and all those things that like our society like sat like all these things that our society focuses on thinking like that's what makes you smart i feel like i couldn't have cared less about any of those things like Okay, here's another piece of research. In the work called Character Strengths and Virtues, they attempted to understand the qualities of character that were valued globally as well as historically. One of the things they found, motivation is a predictor of a successful adolescent, but not the kind of motivation that comes from driving your kids to do well in school or negative reinforcement like taking away their phone. When a person is motivated, it means that there's something within them that's driving them. I really just wanted to like do something with the knowledge I was getting and I couldn't get it out of anything but service. But when I would like use my language for better or I, I started learning a lot about like the human body and physiology, applying those things to other people, like that's kind of where I get the most out of my knowledge. School counselors can serve an important purpose in delivering social-emotional education, but let's face it, they're often burdened with these time-consuming admin tasks like class scheduling. Really? We fly thousands and thousands of planes every day around the world, but we're still making counselors do scheduling? Honestly, this is an outdated practice from the Cold War era to utilize the counselor's master level of education and training in crisis, family, multicultural, addiction, and group counseling, which they could be using to improve school climate, mental health, and carry out an evidence-based comprehensive counseling program, which is desperately needed in schools. I mean, it's basically like sticking a firefighter in a windowless office and having them count damp boxes of matches for five hours a day. The flip side of that success question is, what keeps an adolescent from becoming successful? Okay, one of the issues we run into here is that we can't look at the problems an adolescent is having individually without looking at what is happening in the larger system around them, including their school, family, and neighborhood. One of the most well-known measurements of determining how adverse experiences in childhood will determine negative adult outcomes, such as obesity, heart disease, addiction, depression, early sexual activity, etc., is what is known as the ACEs study. ACEs measure different exposures to childhood trauma, abuse, addiction, poverty, divorce, etc., and found that the more adverse experiences a person had in childhood, the more likely they would be sick and unsuccessful as adults. Researchers concluded that the body's reaction to these stressful experiences, specifically the rise of cortisol when the body is in a constant fight-or-flight mode, cripples them long after the event. This boils it down to the essential message, stress as a kid can sabotage your life. Okay, well, what does this mean for adults? Fundamentally, it means that our choices as adults matter, not just as individuals, but also how we support our community in helping make healthy choices. What role did your family play in helping foster those qualities? 
I mean, that big one of just like not stressing about academic achievement for academic achievement's sake and really like set you apart. Just Yeah, I'd say, um, I mean, not to feel like I never stressed out over like a test mm -hmm. or something. Like I definitely had those times, but seeing my parents did a really great job of teaching my twin sister and I that like you can be the best. You have to like make do with where you are. My dad just told me like you can, like I really don't care where you go. Now I'm at this like super phenomenal university and obviously I'm not going to be the smartest person here. And so like my twin sister goes to um, San Diego State mm -hmm. and she's, she's graduating like a full year and a half before me. She's graduating next December with her bachelor's when she's only 20 years old. Like she's phenomenal. My parents um, really wanted to like integrate those ideas in us that like there's so much more to life than just academics. Those of us who have privilege, have power and responsibility to work towards helping other families get what they need, such as regular meals and reliable safe shelter. One way we can do this is by volunteering, or we can make financial contributions to local organizations that help provide essential resources. As part of this episode, I've decided to donate as many dollars as I have had downloads for this podcast so far, which is 250 to Second Harvest, which is the food bank that serves the San Francisco Bay Area. If you would like to join me in donating to Second Harvest or your local food bank or community resource center. Awesome. And thank you. Okay, here's the other way we adults can increase our, the chances that our kids grow up healthy. We need to learn to manage our own stress responses so that we are better equipped to ensure long-term success for our children. Let's check in with ourselves. How many glasses of alcohol are you drinking per week? For reals. Let's see. Let's sit there and then carry the one. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, how are you handling anger at your kid? Are you yelling at them? Oh yeah, me too. But we don't like that and neither do the kids. And yes, we're in this together. And there's definitely times where I'm in the red zone, as I like to say, when my ability to think loving thoughts and express my parenting wisdom goes out the window. We need to be able to step away until you get back in the green zone. Knowing that we have a vital hand in shaping how our kids deal with stress, which affects their whole lives, makes our own self-care not just a luxury, but a necessity. Speaking of cultivating skills that lead to success, adolescents are learning how to navigate relationships and build boundaries that are essential to successful adulting. But it's not always easy as a parent to watch our kids make, um, smelly choices and friends. Well, I received an email asking for advice on this matter. This email is read by my own adolescent, Six. I'm going to give it to you as I see it. Maybe it's me. My awkward adolescent, Luis, is 11, made a friend last year, I'll call her Rain Cloud, during the pandemic because they were both kind of shy and both gamers. Fast forward to this year. They are still super close friends. They see each other all day and then come home and go online. The mom is sort of my friend, while my husband calls this friend Debbie Downer and she drains me. Rain Cloud cries all the time to Louise and brings up a lot of negative feelings in our kid. Personally, I think she kind of sucks right now. So we, my husband and I, want Louise to be less into Rain Cloud. How can we make that happen from Mama Bear? Well, Mama Bear, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is that it is a healthy sign that your child is making friends and that you're aware of the kind of friends she's making. The bad news is it will not serve you or your child to tell her that Rain Cloud sucks. She's going to have to walk that path on her own. However, what you can do is have conversations about healthy friendships in general, asking her how Rain Cloud and other friends make her feel. For kids who are still developing vocabulary around naming specific feelings, you can help them identify what's happening in their 
body? Like, does it make your stomach hurt when she says those things? Or how do you feel when somebody's mean to you? Where do you feel it in your body? As they start to understand what's happening in their body, they can start to make changes in the way that they relate to friends who aren't making them feel good. Adolescents, this part is for you. I get it. There are a lot of things outside of your control, especially around adults. So I empower you to do whatever you can to make the most of what you can control. This includes waking and sleeping, working towards your education, experiment carefully. This means being very thoughtful about how you relate to alcohol, drugs, toxic friends, peer pressure, and texting and driving. Set goals for yourself and fundamentally take care of yourself. Yeah, I definitely say that to get here, I had to see, like I had to like humble myself in a way to be able to be like, okay, like this is not something that happens to everyone. Like not everyone has a like meal on their table every night, and, like a roof over their head. So that definitely set, uh, like definitely set my perspective up for being both academically successful and then using my knowledge for like the greater good of the world. Well, that wraps up our episode. Join us next time when we talk about how to help your adolescent navigate relationships, frenemies, bullies, and heartbreak. Thanks to my students for their reflections and to Nadia for making time to talk. And of course, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please download this episode and write a friendly review or pass it around. This episode is brought to you by nextphase.ai, your partner in data enterprise transformation. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. Oh, and don't forget to wear your sunscreen every day.